Aloha. Welcome to the Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com. And I am looking out at the most beautiful vista down here at the club at Hokalia, just south of Kailua Village on the beautiful Big Island of Hawaii. And club at Hokalia, boy, what a signature private club this is, a Jack Nicklaus design golf course. And it's been around for about 10 years, I think. We'll get all that from my guest today, Joe Fagundes. Joe has been a resident of Hawaii for many, many years. I have a lot of agendas of why I want to talk with Joe today. And also with us today is Kate Pettit. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things, but our, the first one on our list is I, I got an email, and of course January coming up, it's the Waimea uh, Film Festival, Ocean Film Festival, and what a mark that has made on our Big Island community. Uh, the, the Waimea Ocean Film Festival conceived a couple of years ago as a result of somebody who saw some films that they really made an impact with them, and they said the the residents, what was her name, Tanya Howard, she said people need to see this, the impact of industrial fishing and catastrophic decline of global fish stocks. And so she, over the last couple of years, they only had six films a few years ago. Last year they had 39 films, and each year just getting tremendous support. When I saw Joe Fagunda send his uh, email out saying that he was supporting the event this year, I thought, I'm not surprised because Joe is so supportive of so many things. So, Joe, thank Thanks for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me here. And Kate, it's really a delight. You know, we haven't spent a lot of time together, but you're such a team together. It's it's fun to be have have you join us this morning as well. Thank you so much for having me. So Joe is a, an attorney. He's been an attorney for a long time, and uh, but he his his reach goes far. And and uh, Kate, I love this because I've been really vigilant of recent uh, being aware of wearing my my. Uh, sunscreen and everything. I spent years basking in the sun, and Kate is, has a company called Safer Laze. Is that how you say it? Safer Lease. Which means be smooth. So we're going to talk about a lot of things today, including how happy I am that I have been vigilant about my sunscreen. So, and, you know, if anybody that's a, an ocean person, we get so many lessons from those people that are out in the ocean. And, and Joe, I have a feeling that you spent a lot of time on the ocean, Jake, and I look at some of the things that you post. And let's talk about the Waimea uh, Film Festival and, and how you, Waimea Ocean Film Festival, because it's all things ocean, from fishing to surfing to everything. Uh, but it's educational, it's cultural, and it's darn fun and the venues are all over up and down the coast the support has been tremendous let's talk a little bit about last year's no doubt you were there sure uh actually i was there and and uh we've been fortunate to attend each year's uh i believe this is the fifth year coming up um tanya howard is just a wonderful young woman um in fact she is a um a sailor uh she has a miley uh, sport fishing, I mean, Marley, uh, uh, adventure sailing out of Kauai High. Tanya's uh, originally from Aspen, Colorado, and was very involved in uh, different environmental pursuits there uh, and film festivals. And she really founded uh, the Waimea Ocean Film Festival several years ago uh, for the purpose of, of educating people and for bringing a greater awareness to the unfortunate situation we're suffering with the deterioration of our ocean environments. Um, and as you mentioned in your intro, um, you know, the, the festivals come from uh, early start at, at Parker School with six films to now um, 
over 35 films. Um, many are going to be world premieres at this year's uh, uh, sessions. Um, the venues range from the Kahilu Theater in Waimea to the Fairmont Orchid, and then of course the closing four days is at the Four Seasons Hualalai, um, which is a lovely venue to, to finish off the event every year. Talking with Joe Fagundis, who's one of the sponsors of the Waimea Ocean Film Festival. There's a lot of sponsors, and, and it's just great that people have stepped to the plate because, as Joe said, they started with six films a few years ago, probably have over 40 as of the, on their website. Uh, right now, they're waiting till right up to the last moment to get their program printed because there are a lot of changes and there's a lot of things going on with the event. And the venues, as Joe says, from um, up at the, the Gates Theater, at, uh, is it the Gates Theater? The, the at Gilu Theater. The, but, but at Parker, or Parker School. Yes, the Gates the theater, theater at Parker School right. and um, down all the way down the coast. And, and so, the, But the, each, each venue has different things. You know, some of them, like there's a Taste of the Island event. Uh, last year that was at Mauna Kea uh, Beach Hotel. They have um, not just the cultural experience where you're – last year they had Master Navigator Chad Pichon and who is we all know is so involved with the uh, voyaging and the from the Hokalea to all the active all the canoe programs that were here with the high school students and everything there's just I, what i love about the film festival is for myself i realized that over the 20 30 years i've been here i've been just sort of on the surface of a lot of things happening and i've met so many of these people and didn't realize the extent to which they've contributed to our ocean preservation and you know and i think it gives is a chance to see how many of our own people within Hawaii have made a difference in the world with their efforts with, with um, preserving ocean from preserving uh, the fish, you know, our, uh, now that we have the, the different areas along the Kona Coast where people can do their aquarium fishing. There's all kinds of things that are important for all of us to be more educated on. But Joe, where's your, you know, are you, you're such a golfer. You're up here at the club at Hokalea playing a lot of golf. And I think everybody thinks that uh, Lucky Joe, she's out there, he's out there playing golf all the time, but you're traveling all over the world uh, with your legal profession. You were in Dubai last week and stuff, but the ocean, was that something that as you grew up, what, 1958, you, you moved to Hawaii, or was the ocean part of your upbringing? And the, the ocean's always been a big part of my life, and um, the... My early introduction on Oahu, Kailua, Oahu, where I was uh, raised, uh, was, you know, surfing, diving, um, the types of ocean activities that all young kids in Hawaii grow up doing, uh, especially back in the 50s and early 60s. Um, Hawaii was a very, very different place. But um, uh, I got into scuba diving and sport fishing very early on. And uh, before I discovered this game of golf, I was an avid uh, sport fisherman. And um, in fact, I'm still president of the Heia Bay Fishing Club. And um, uh, we have taken teams to represent Hawaii to various tournaments internationally. And um, I have always enjoyed fishing. Um, we're, we're, I'm a tag and release fisherman. We, we believe in conservation. Uh, rarely do I kill any big fish, but uh, obviously a mahi-mahi or an ono is uh, something that we can take home and throw in the, throw in the, the fridge. But um, uh, we love to uh, uh, tag and release the, the large uh, billfish and um, have done that for a number of years. 
Well, it just as the Waimea Ocean Film Festival is geared to do, it's to get us all thinking about things. It's real easy to think tag and release was always here. I can remember the first time there was tag and release down at the Hawaii International Billfish Tournament, and there were very few tag and releases that first year. People just, they wanted to save that that trophy of, of what they uh, learned. So I think a lot of th things that are good about the Waimea Ocean Film Festival is we'll get the history of how things have evolved because people have been vigilant. People have been out there and they've been advocates for change. And that's what they want the film festival to be for those of us that are maybe lay people in regards that have we been involved is to just get our thinking so that we're more conscious of how we can all be stewards of the ocean just by being knowledgeable. Well, that's true. And, and obviously we want to encourage awareness with uh, the film festival, uh, but we would also like people to incorporate um, uh, conservation, preservation, and respect for the ocean environment uh, into their daily lives. Uh, uh, we've seen we've seen legal um, changes uh, outlawing the the plastic bags, outlawing uh, different types of refuse that that has polluted our ocean for years. Uh, much much more comp, um, concentration on avoiding. Uh, fuel pollution and um, uh, different types of pesticide pollution into the ocean environment, but it's really not enough. It's really not enough. We need to persevere and 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 ratchet it up a few more a few more clicks in order to get to a point where we're really being honorable stewards of our ocean environment. And at the same time, given a whole lot of credit to those that have brought it so far in the last 20, 25 years. I know that how much I've noticed it since I've been living here. So again, it's the Waimea Ocean Film Festival. It comes up uh, in the first part of January and, you know, four or five, probably five or six different venues. But just uh, it's Waimea Ocean Film. Dot org. So go to their website. You can uh, look at the program from last year. But January 1st through the 4th, they're at Waimea, Mauna Kea Resort, and the Fairmont Orchid. January 5th through the 9th, the Four Seasons Resort, Hualalai. There's no reason at all why we can't find one evening to go out there and not just support this event, but just get a little education into our own lives. And and uh, speaking of the ocean, Kate, how about yourself? Are you an ocean person? Are you, in, are you a water person? I am very much a water person. Uh, grew up in Maine and grew up on the water, water skiing. And uh, so this is a very different culture for me. I've never been, you know, surfing. Um, and I'm always looking out there and wishing somebody was out there water skiing because I love it so much. Do <laughs> you get into the ocean much? I, I, you know, I don't get in. I've only been here for two years and oh. just been busy um, getting my little business together. But uh, we have a pool at the house, so once in a while I plop in there. Well, the reason I ask is because Joe, uh, talking about the, all the things that have been done, the Kohala Center's done a great job down at Kahalu, Kahalu Beach with the, um, the, the all the reef uh, volunteers. It's amazing how that program has exponentially grown to the point where people are really educated about not walking on the coral, not feeding the turtles. The volunteers are there in a very healthy, friendly, warm, and wonderful way sharing their knowledge. And a lot of the volunteers are people that had no knowledge of, of the ocean floor. I remember the first time I went uh, surfing and I cut my my foot and went to the hospital, had stitches, and I had no clue you shouldn't put your feet on the coral. That was a lesson for me to learn, not just because of the safety of it, because the coral was live. I'm from the Midwest, Michigan. It was all new to me. So, Joe, living here for so many years and being so involved in the communities, you probably see that with visitors and everything. And we all, I'm amazed when I 
tell the visitors that come, you know, talk about the coral. No, you don't want to put your feet down and share a little bit about that, how we can all be vigilant about teaching, just like the Waimea Ocean Film Festival wants us to do. You know, it's, it's, it's really common sense. And, and uh, when we have guests visiting, um, relatives, whatever, and, of course, living in Hawaii, we have a number of guests who want to come visit. But um, uh, when, when we introduce our friends and our guests to the ocean environment, um, I think it's incumbent on us to, to educate them just as to the common sense. I mean, the first thing people don't realize is how powerful that ocean is and how powerful those waves are. And to a great extent, uh, I find myself telling people just the very basics that I learned as a young boy growing up. Don't turn your back to the sea. I mean, don't be walking along a cliff and uh, taking a selfie photo when you've got a a rogue wave coming up behind you because you can be injured. Um, Other people that are with you can be injured. Um, So far as, as... as respecting the sea, we have to recognize that everything is interconnected. And whereas everything in the sea, from the water to the plankton to the, uh, the uh, seaweed, the fish, uh, I mean, obviously we have the chain of life, but we have this interconnection. And in order to respect the sea, we must respect every level of that environment. Well, it seems like common sense, to, you know, to somebody who knows it, right? Mm-hmm. But as, again, it's, that's why it's so important for us to share. But I, I look at the the changes that have happened over the last 20, 30 years. Look at the whole new turtle. What a great thing like Manalani Resort has done with their turtle release every once a year. They take the sea hatchlings from uh, Sea Life Park and they raise them until they're like two years old. So now the whole new turtles an endangered species. Now there's several hundred up and down the coast. And not only that, but they're tagged so they can track where they go, where they've been. With the tag and release. The research that's been able to be done with tag and release. Now you come to the Billfish Tournament, a lot of the local events, most of it is tag and release. So research can be done with that. And and those are the things that exponentially are really going to make a difference. Oh, sure it is. And and, and you're correct. And I applaud Monolani and, and their program. Uh, uh, the Honu population has, has increased geometrically. It, it's, it's really wonderful and, and uh, uh, although we don't want to harass those turtles, we can sure enjoy them coming up on the shore and, and seeing them off diving off Montalani at, at uh, Turtle Reef and, and you'll be in the water with a hundred turtles. I mean it's absolutely an astounding, astounding uh, uh, energetic experience. And even down by Kailua Pier, <clears throat> the start and finish line of the Ironman, uh, you see them coming up right along the pier people stand on the seawall and see them down there so they they do venture off and this is a good time uh, kate for us to talk a little bit about what people ought to be doing at the beach as we're talking about waimea ocean <laughs> film festival and just being at the beach respecting the coral respecting uh respecting the ocean and the power of it that there's you know a lot of places can look even right down by kahalua it looks really gentle or magic sands but and then hapuna more more serious uh, accidents happen up at paputa than anywhere from people boogie, boogie boarding and body surfing, and so it is about respect, and if we can share that with our visitors. But a big one is that vigilance about putting on sunscreen, because I've really, I've been very lucky. I've just had to have a, a few things cut out, but they've been, you know, to that point of almost getting quite serious, and now I'm, I'm vigilant about it. So let's talk a little bit about that, because that can certainly take a lot of fun out of people's lives when they get that first diagnosis of uh, some skin cancer. Absolutely, and it, it's, it, 
you know, people go into the water, they put their sunscreen in, they go into the water, and they think they're protected for the rest of the day, and they're not. So, yeah, absolutely, when you come out of the water, put your sunscreen on again and check it every hour and just, you know, putting, put it on. But most of our damage actually happens when we're little. When we're youngsters, that damage starts then. So, um, and I practice organic skincare, and I educate all of my clients with um, the sunscreen that is available. There's chemical, there's natural, and zinc is the most um, fabulous sunscreen uh, for both UVA and UVB protection. The white zinc. White zinc, absolutely. Oh, no so any product that has zinc in it, you've got 100% coverage for UVA and UVB, and that is the only natural product that has the coverage for both. So that's Kate Pettit, say fair lays, be smooth, and uh, I'm really glad to hear that that's what you're involved in. I look forward to staying in touch because I am being more vigilant, and I'm I'm so happy that I am. I'm wearing hats for the first time and my whole life over the last year or two. I wear sunglasses now. I mean, I can't believe I went that long just feeling like yeah, I was impervious to the, the SUV rage, you know. Yes. So I'm going to put that out there. And saying when people are out in the golf course, and speaking of which, I'm looking, as I say, I'm at the club at Hokalia, looking over. It's such a beautiful golf course. This was designed by Jack Nicholas uh, and built and opened. What was it, Joe? January uh, 2002 was uh, the opening round. You know, I this Hokalia has gone through a lot of challenges, and it's just on such a positive swing right now. And we won't get into the challenge that has been been uh, undergoing. I sold a lot here back in uh, 2000 to a very good friend of mine from Japan, and we now have it listed. So I've been talking about Hokalia a lot lately in terms of all the the good turns that are happening here. I'm just uh, here enjoying the some of the renovations they've done at the pavilion and the bar and you drive in and you're just like, whoa, this, this golf course. Every time I come here, I'm just amazed at how well maintained it's been by the owners of Hokalia and uh, their, their members, their golf course and their club is separate from the ownership. Is that right, Joe? Correct. The, the development um, and, and, you know, we won't go into the legal issues, but the, uh, uh, the development itself, uh, 1250 Oceanside, uh, is uh, the developer and owner of the project. The actual club, the clubhouse, the golf course, and the various club amenity sites are owned by the club at Hokalia. And the club at Hokalia is uh, a totally separate entity that is actually equity owned by the 200-plus members of the club. And really, they really stepped to the plate to preserve the, the wonderful golf course that was built and the amenities. And this is definitely a, a first-rate private golf course. I was thinking as I was driving down here, you know, a lot of reasons people did join uh, some of the clubs and move to some of the communities along the, the uh coast are because the, a lot of the general public golf courses have gotten so busy. Whether it's Montelani or Mauna Kea, they're seeing good tourist seasons every year. It's hard for homeowners to get on the golf courses, so they've they've joined some of the private communities like Kakio, who all lie that have courses where they can go on any time. That's the kind of lifestyle that a lot of people that are members want. And here at Club at Hokalia, the same thing prevails. A club member can come walk on the course most any time. I love the, the sense of rules here. Uh, just there's a there's a 
it's a first-class private club, and I, I can see that the owners have joined together in saying this is the bar, we're going to raise the bar, we're going to keep the bar at that, and then when Hokalia comes out of some of the development issues and challenges they've had, which they've come out of now, and things are moving forward, here you are with a first-rate golf course. There, were there was talk years ago about the MasterCard even moving down here. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was some PGA or Champions Tour event here someday, but it certainly is that kind of quality. Well, thank you, and thank you for your kind words. We 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 love Hokalia, and and uh, back what over ten years ago when I first joined, um, you know, it was a, a a new development, and the golf course had just recently been opened, and uh, the landscaping wasn't in, and uh, uh, it was, you know, something very very different for down here in in the southern part of of Kona. Uh, Everybody's used to getting out of the airport and turning left to go up to the uh, the resort golf courses, and and this is a, a big mindset change to turn right out of the airport. Um, but as you can see, we're blessed with uh, uh, very very gentle winds. Uh, we're blessed with uh, just the right amount of rain. Uh, the the members here are are great folks. We have a membership that is really uh, very very involved. Very very. Uh, conscious of uh, uh of kona and uh of the culture and very very appreciative of the opportunity i think uh generally to to have uh, a beautiful golf facility a beautiful club facility um in a very very special place uh that isn't you know uh in a resort i mean we're we're not a resort we're we're sort of a little estate community down here that's a nice way of putting it and it, i guess we kind of have to say that the fact that it is in south kona is a little bit of where some of the the challenges arose but it's really found its its way into the community and within the hokalia a property there's a there's a community here of people that are have have been living here uh that are starting to build their homes now uh the bypass road south kona taking people down to south kona is well underway and it looks to be a very positive thing in our community. I took a tour with um, Kaleo Kuuli'i, your cultural historian here at the club at Hokalia, and I just looked at the printed materials that have been then put together, the, the, the interpretive guides, the, the cultural sites, interpretive guide, uh, historic preservation sites located along the golf course corridor, beautiful presentations, and uh, all of these things working into our Big Island community. It probably seemed seven, eight years ago that there was no way it would work into the community, but it certainly has, I think. You know, it has, and, and um, uh, the, the cultural preservation staff here uh, is, is to be commended for, for all of their work. Um, and, and as well, the membership has, has contributed both financially and um, uh, spiritually to, to, I think, preserving the cultural aspects of this property, um, uh, this particular uh, uh, Aina, uh, in a way I, that I think really surpasses any other private development here. I mean, uh, uh, grave markings, uh, heiau, uh, various other uh, artifacts are, are so well preserved, and uh, as you as you were able to experience on your tour, uh, they're accessible. They're accessible, and and you can come down to our monthly cultural tours and and uh, make arrangements with the. Uh, uh, the concierge staff and and come in and learn a little bit about about this beautiful culturally um, sensitive area um, uh, that 
that has has been here for you know hundreds hundreds of years. It's the Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com. We're talking with Joe Fagundis, who is one of the members at the club at Hokalea, and also Kate Pettit, who is also a significant other at Joe and, and, and a golfer as well. Yes. I see a lot of pictures of the two of you. Were you a golfer when you moved here, Kate? No. I was not. I've taken a few lessons out here and uh, um, started playing a little bit with Joe and uh, actually taking a lesson here tomorrow with a few girlfriends, and I'm loving it. It's, it's, it's so enjoyable, and especially here at Hokalia. Now, would those lessons be with Kelly Cook or with Darren? Sarah? Uh, I have had, uh, yes, for both. for both. Yes, yes. So let's talk a little bit about the staff here at Hokalia because this it is, is a big part of our community. It's a very large project. How many acres is it? Do you know, Joe? It's uh, the the club itself um, uh, and the development uh-huh. uh, of Hokalia uh, is around 1,500 acres. Well, I just went down to look at lot 193, which is the one I have listed for uh, my friend Yoshiko. And again, for a lot of those original homeowners, it's been a very challenging time. But for the new, the people that have hung in there and those people that are new lot owners, uh, a, lot of, a lot of great things happening. But uh, it, it is amazing, the vistas from most of the lots. Unbelievable, huge vistas of South Kona, the ocean, and, and looking down into Kona, you can see. And um, so let's talk a little bit about the staff. What I think is a real testimonial to the club at Hokalia is how long the staff members have been here. So you're taking a a women's, uh, is it a group lesson? Uh, It will be tomorrow, but um, prior to that, just just personal. Yes. Are you liking it? I love it. It's absolutely wonderful. And the staff are just, uh, they're just fabulous people. They're, they're, you know, they work with your style and that's what's lovely about it. Well, I love that the staff has been here so long. Darren Sayre has been here probably seven, eight years, maybe. Kelly Cook, the same. Kelly, uh, the assistant professional. And uh, both of them work very hard. The one thing that the club at Hokalia has done for years is one Monday a month, they have a community uh, a day where there's a nonprofit in our community. Last month uh, was uh, the Kona Wine and Wildcats Booster Club. Coming up in January is Habitat for Humanity. And so every month, some uh, nonprofit in our community from the Food Bank, from Junior Golf, uh, the Hawaii State Junior Golf Association, so many of them have their events here and raise a lot of money. But more importantly, the club at Hokalia and the members and the owners here sort of support these events in a big way. Uh, Darren and Kelly help a lot on the events and organizing them. And uh, they provide the pavilion, the, the amenities that are able to be provided to those groups that are putting on these events for the nonprofits are huge, Joe. And I, I no doubt you've played in most of them and supported them. But talk a little bit about how, how good the owners must feel when those events take place. Because the, the people that are leading the nonprofits are forever grateful. You know, we're, we're honored, honored to have the opportunity to... Uh, to support local charities, and and that's what our uh, community golf play program is. And and as you said, one Monday each month, uh, we open the course up. Mondays ordinarily the club is closed for maintenance, so one Monday each month we open the course up to a uh, uh, charity, uh, um, uh, and we prefer giving back to the community. So a, a local community charity, a Big Island charity, uh, that. Um, in essence, we put on a golf tournament uh, in coordination with them, and, and our staff is very, very involved, uh, from from uh, Darren and Kelly in the, in the pro shop to the uh, the bag boys uh, to the greenskeepers. Uh, uh, and, you know, the, the club 
doesn't make any money off these tournaments. We we encourage um, uh, up to 120 golfers to come in and play a shotgun start tournament, um, and uh, we encourage the charity to make as much money as possible um and we try to contribute uh uh with with uh, food and with facilities and with staff and uh, uh and yes you're right the uh, the members here feel very very proud and honored to uh, to be able to give back to the community hey the in-kind contributions are huge anybody that's been a tournament director knows that, that you know one of the big costs is just facilities and food and somebody to help work on it. When you get two people like Darren Sayre, who's the PGA pro here, and congratulations to Darren. Last year he won the uh, the Aloha Section PGA Pro's club professional, so he went down in Florida and played in the national event. I saw him out at the Manalani um, Resort Hawaii State Open of recent, and uh, Darren's playing some good golf. But they, that, that time and effort that Darren and Kelly put into helping organize the tournament, the scoreboards, those are invaluable to anybody that's been a tournament director. I, I think there's probably, I don't know what the number is. I need to talk to John Shaw, who is your project manager here. What would John's title be? John's the general manager. General of the club. manager. And uh, but I think it's got to be close to a couple million dollars over the years that has been raised through all the community events on the 11 or 12 Mondays a, a year. But and I just saw something recently in the in the paper and the owners of Hokalia, the Hokalia Community Fund and Hokalia Scholarship Fund, they have an initial donation of $100,000 they made. So lots of community uh, fund grants, uh, a number of of uh, organizations that we're all very aware of from the uh, Kohala Center, the West Hawaii Community Health Center. And, uh, Joe, you want to make some comments on that? Because that's a, that's a nice, nice uh, donation. It, well, it is a nice donation, and, and the, uh, the community fund really um, um, was, was set up as part of the, um, the legal actions that have taken place over the years. And, um, uh, you know, so certain percentages of... Uh, Lot sales and resales uh, uh, go into that fund, and and uh, uh, the board of directors, you know, finds uh, willing, not willing, but uh, deserving uh, recipients, and um, uh, and we're just happy to be able to uh, contribute again to the community in in another fashion. Um, and yeah, it's up to six figures now, and uh, we're pretty proud of that. So putting. Um, you know, many millions of dollars into uh, community charities through the, the community play program, and then now putting in hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, into the community through the foundation, uh, it, I think demonstrates how integral the members of this golf club are with the community. We're not just uh, a bunch of hollies that fly over and uh, uh, spend the winters uh, here in Kona. Um, we have a number of members who've built homes here and have lived here for many years. Uh, we have several houses under construction, and now that all the legal wrangling is done, uh, we have tens of houses on the uh, uh, design review process. Uh, so we'll be seeing more and more full-time residents here at Hokalia in the very near future. I, I think a real testimonial is I was looking at uh, all the properties that are on the market here, and uh, the, a lot of them have been sold and resales. But there's one that's a beautiful home that's uh, on the market for a little over, well, close to $6 million. But those people aren't leaving. They're building another house. I mean, what a testimonial to how much they love it here. That's, that's right. And, and, uh, and that is a gorgeous home. In fact, we're, we're looking up right toward it, uh, right from where we are here in the, uh, the club pavilion. Um, and it's interesting, Mark uh, and Maureen uh, have listed that home for sale, but you're right, he, uh, 
he has another lot where he's going to build a new home, and uh, he considers it just a, uh, a driver and a six iron away from the old house. But what a testimonial to how much they love it. And, I, you know, what I really like is there are so many local people that have purchased lots here and are members of the club at Hokalea with, with long histories in the community, just like yourself, having lived in Hawaii since the 58, right, 1958. So some of the other people, that that's always good to see. We just saw Nathan, Nathan Yap. He's been here for like 13 years, I think. And uh, Rodney Raymond, the bartender. And that's always really nice for people. I know when my friend comes here from Japan who owns the lot, you know, she gets such a warm welcome from them. And those kind of things not only are testimonial to their pride and, and uh, what do you want to say, it, it, just the way everybody's persevered through some of the challenges, but so many good things coming out of the challenges that hopefully are behind everybody here at the Hokalia development and uh, just south of Kailua Kona on the beautiful Big Island of Hawaii. It's a wonderful place. Jack Nicholas designed golf course, a whole lot of reasons. I see activity down there on the bocce courts, which are new, and I see my friend uh, Carla, who is a new home uh, uh, property owner here, but the bocce courts have been a nice addition. Uh, we, we love the, uh, the new additions. And, and uh, uh, yes, the bocce courts are, are fun, and they're getting a lot of play. And, and uh, uh, today, of course, is the men's club golf day. And uh, we have the, a bunch of women down there playing bocce right now. And, and uh, it's going to continue to improve. As you, as you see the construction wall over here to the, uh, to the east, and uh, that's the area where we're hoping to put in the new locker rooms and uh, new grill uh, and health club uh, very soon. Uh, we're in the permitting process and, and uh, meandering our way through um, what I personally consider to be some unnecessary um, uh, interference from uh, uh, some state agencies, but uh, the bottom line is we'll continue to persevere and uh, push through the state bureaucracy as well. So a lot of things going down on down here at, at Hokalea. We're talking with Joe Fagundis, who is one of the uh, members at the Club of Hokalea, and also Kate Pettit, and talking about Hokalea, the Waimea Ocean Film Festival. Again, uh, check that out, WaimeaOceanFilmFestival.org, and that comes up January 1st through the 9th, all up and down the coast and also in Waimea. A lot of great events that are just to educate those of us that maybe aren't as educated as we would like to be or could be, and, and, and really should be, about uh, being stewards of the ocean. And uh, they'll probably have over 40 films this year, started with just six a few years ago. And, Joe, you know, I'm looking, I, I was looking at you, some of the things that you do. I mean, I know that you're really active, but I was really touched to, to see, uh, first of all, you mentioned about the, some of the unnecessary challenges you're going through with the, the state here at Hokalia, but you're on the State Land and Natural Resource Board. Well, no, 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 I'm not on the board. I'm, I'm uh, uh, actually under the previous administration. Um, I was a hearings okay. officer for, for contested case hearings of cases against the Department of Land and Natural Resources. Um, uh, currently, uh, I, I, I uh, have not been reappointed by the current administration. But, but your involvement to that degree about what's happening within the islands and particularly the Big Island of Hawaii must have... Uh, led you to wanting to be a hearings officer. Well, sure, and and you know the uh, the ability to participate in a grievance procedure um, to resolve disputes between the state and individual, in, in this case, uh, maritime users of the ocean, um, uh, you know, is is uh, something that that 
I, I willingly accepted and, and was uh, happy to take part in. So a lot of your law work is at Admiralty, is that how you say it? Yes, ad Admiralty's, uh, Admiralty comprises probably uh, uh, a good 30% of my practice. And what does that actually mean? Well, Admiralty is um, uh, really a federal practice area, and it, it involves um, uh, the navigable waters of the United States uh, and the airspace. So Admiralty really involves airplanes and boats. And how did that become part of your legal, you know, what you chose to do with legal? You do real estate and business law, but the Admiralty mm -hmm. is... Uh, you know, about uh, 34 years ago when I moved to Kona, um, there was a huge sport fishing industry uh, mm -hmm. starting off. There was a, a well-established uh, ocean user um, uh, recreational industry. Uh, and anybody who had to do any work with the state or the federal government regarding admiralty had to go to Honolulu to find an attorney. So we started... Uh, uh, learning admiralty law and um, uh, made it a bit of a, a practice niche for, for my firm. And so we've been practicing maritime and admiralty law here in Kona now since uh, about 1980. And I see how the different areas that you've been in. I was really uh, touched to see that you were one of the founders of the Bridge House. And the Bridge House, you know, it, that's, that's played a big part in our community, particularly when it started. It was one of the first homes, right? for people that were trying to turn the things around in their lives. Yeah, you know, and gosh, I don't even remember what year it was, but um, uh, I was on the um, the founding board of directors of uh, a group called Kona Halfway House Incorporated, and um, that became a 501c3 uh, charitable corporation. Uh, later was renamed the Bridge House, and... and um, you know, Kona had a need for a facility to support people who were trying to change uh, bad patterns in their lives and, and get uh, clean and sober. And uh, I was very, very honored to uh, uh, have been asked to participate, and, and I was happy to participate. And, and what we've ended up with some 20 years later is, is a, a really uh, wonderful asset to the community that, that helps people get through those hard times. Well, substance recovery programs, I, I have friends that went through the Bridge House and lived there, you know, in those early days because there weren't many uh, programs within the community at that time. And uh, those are our neighbors, our friends, our family members, right? All these kind of programs are really important. And I also, to see that you are on the teen drug court, have yeah. been involved in that, you know, which yeah. I love that program, watching it. The, the teen court program is a wonderful program, and uh, uh, having first-time teen offenders uh, judged by a, a jury of their peers um, uh, and represented by uh, student attorneys of their peers, and, and really the only uh, adults in the program are the judge uh, and the court administrator. Um, that program is, is, uh, uh, has a much, much better uh, recidivism rate than, uh, than the family court. In other words, uh, somebody who goes through the teen court program uh, has about four or five times better chance of not committing another crime than somebody who goes through the normal criminal courts or family court system. And, you know, all these programs are important because a lot of these people that are in the programs are athletes. They're people that have, have aspirations to play professional golf or go on to play, you know, 
sports and, and college. I have friends that have gone through different programs like that that are now doing well, but they were terrific athletes, maybe in high school, and just found, you know, in a different way it might not have ended up in teen court. But just the whole fact that everybody in this community is supportive of programs that pull people out of the, the lifestyles that can really give a right turn to the, the life they had hoped to live. And I see it throughout our community over the 30 years, how many more programs there are that really help people turn their lives around. You know, the, the, um, there's always room for more programs to help those who, who have a hard time helping themselves. And uh, Teen Court is, is one of those programs. Um, gives, gives somebody basically a second chance. And uh, if they're a first-time offender and they meet the terms of, of their sentence and probation, um, they can have their record wiped clean. And so it doesn't interfere with their aspirations for, for educational uh, excellence or for... Uh, um, athletic uh, excellence um, they can they can move forward with their lives without the the burden of of um, a mistake haunting them forever and I know some that are back into playing the sport uh, their sport of choice and are doing well but certainly took a detour and uh, Joe Fagundes we're talking with Joe's an attorney here on the Big Island of Hawaii also talking with Kate Pettit who is as her company is called Be Smooth Safair Lease and uh, the one thing I loved on your resume, Joe, I've known you for quite a while, and I hadn't really looked into a lot of things about you, but was that you're on the arbitration, that you really are a believer in people arbitrating and working out their differences and not having lawsuits. I love that. You know, um, the, the legal system uh, is a wonderful system, um, but it's time-consuming and it's expensive. And uh, uh, sometimes... Uh, in, in disputes between neighbors, between business people, between companies, um, if they explore a mediation um, or an arbitration of their dispute, uh, rather than going through a lengthy and expensive court battle, um, they sometimes can be pleasantly surprised at how quickly a dispute can be resolved informally or semi-formally. And uh, uh, um, so, I, yes, I'm a big supporter of alternative dispute resolution and, and serve as an arbitrator uh, both in private and, and public arbitrations. But, uh, um, in fact, it's interesting. I, I think over the past few years that we've been keeping statistics, uh, we've probably spent more time talking people out of filing lawsuits um, than, than supporting them in their initial decision to file a lawsuit uh, uh, and, and have looked at, at mediation and arbitration as an alternative for their resolution of their disputes. Well, all that brings me back to talking about the game of golf. Okay, why Joe loves to play the game of golf. And as I look more at your professional life that I wasn't as familiar with, although I knew that you you know, were moving around the country a lot, around the world, taking care of your, your work. But, you know, how golf, what a, a wonderful a game it is for just relaxing and trying to be in the now and just putting your and what it, it's always pretty it's not a good walk spoiled as I think I don't know who said that Mark Twain or somebody the golf is a good walk spoiled but Catherine so you know you spend a lot of time with Joe he's busy at the office he's you know I don't know I always wonder how people can can do that kind of work day after day after day but so when you come out here to the golf course I mean what 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 have you found the game of golf is in that regard, not just for yourself, but Joe, and as the two of you coming out and enjoying some quiet time, and, and what the game of golf has meant to you in that regard, and, and to share it with other people who aren't playing, particularly women. 
what it can be in their life. Yes, absolutely. Well, for, for, for me, it's meditative, and it is a sport that actually takes me out of everything else that's going on in my life. Um, because uh, you, all, you compete with yourself out there, um, and you learn to have the patience for, um, your, for myself, particularly my learning experience. Um, but being out there, enjoying the beauty, it is very, very peaceful. Um, and it takes my mind away from everything else. And, and I don't know if that's the case for Joe, but that's the lovely part about it. Well, I'm someone who's played a lot of golf as a junior golfer, tried for the LPGA, played many tours, quit for about 30, 20 years, came to Hawaii and said, I'm going to start playing again. But I have discovered that what I like is the solitude. So I go and I chip and putt in the evenings a lot. I don't get out and play a lot of golf and social golf. Um, the opportunity is there all the time, but I love the solitude. And so, Joe, just, you know, as you've incorporated into your work life and, and uh, your community involvement, because golf really, you know, I, I've heard, I had a sister who lived in a place and she was just hated the thought they were going to build a golf course. It's in Golden, Colorado, near where she lives. And now she's like, I used to say, hey, it's better than condominiums. You know, and now she's always sending me notes like it's so pretty to wake up and look out over the golf course, you know. So golf courses, just like here, the club at Hokalia, the beautiful vista, the people that can be in an area that they otherwise never would have been in. I remember saying that about Hapuna when it was built, that people are now would be able to go up to Hapuna Golf Course and go up in the area. They would otherwise never have been up and seen those vistas and those views. So, Joe, what golf has meant to you and, and uh, you know, just sharing with somebody who would like to play and hasn't and uh, why they might want to think about putting the game into their life you know that's a, it's it's a good question for me actually because growing up as an athlete and uh, uh i was a, a varsity athlete and a um, very high level athlete in in many sports growing up in high school and college st louis high school st louis high school in honolulu and uh at uh, the university of of california at berkeley and and uh one thing i always looked at golf as being a silly sport you know i looked at, at the clothes as being too loud i looked at the uh uh, uh the silly little crooked sticks and uh i mean uh you know i was a varsity volleyball player in high school and we used to hit 90 mile an hour balls uh moving at our heads and and uh how how difficult could it be to hit something that's you know a stationary ball i mean it just looked like it was a, s a silly game and then one of my clients one day tricked me into trying it and I started to realize how truly golf is probably the most difficult sport I've ever tried and the most difficult routine uh, to get into it. And um, um, a, a dear friend told me that golf is 90% mental and 10% mental. And, <laughs> and I believe it. Uh, but, but for me, the nice thing is... Uh, on a recreational level, I can I can play golf anywhere in the world. Um, last week, I, I took my clubs around the world and, and played a, a lovely Emirates golf course uh, in Dubai. Uh, during the summer, I travel with my golf clubs and, and, and enjoy the surroundings wherever I am. It's an opportunity to get away for three or four hours, away from the cell phone, away from uh, the, the rigor of, of the city, and you're out. In, in the country, even in the middle of a city, you're out in the, in the country. Um, the other thing about golf that I find very beneficial is when I golf with a potential client um, or with a, uh, an adversary, 
Uh, in four hours of golf, you can learn a lot about a man or a woman. You, you can learn about their integrity. You can learn a lot about their honesty. You can learn a lot about their well, physical prowess, uh, their, their mental well-being, um, their temperament. And, um, and frankly, after four hours of golf with a person, um, you, you have a pretty good idea of whether or not you want to deal with that person on, on realms outside the golf course. And that is not an uncommon comment that you hear from whether it's professional golfers, recreational golfers, men, women, experienced golfers, new golfers, that it's very true. It's all laid right out there when you're out there on the golf course. Joe was nice enough to meet me this morning. He's playing in the men's club at noon. He probably wants to go hit some balls right now. We have a few bets going there, so we're going to kind of wrap it up. But again, Joe... Uh, for, uh, Fugundus and Kate Pettit. We all want to remind everybody to please check out the Waimea Ocean Film Festival coming up the first of the month up and down the coast and in Waimea. Go to WaimeaOceanFilmFestival.org and support that event like Joe is, one of the sp sponsors of it this year. And so many people are, grown from six films to probably over 40 films this year. All kinds of talk stories with the filmmakers and in ways that we all learn to be stewards of the ocean and much more. And um, also the club at Hokalea, as we've said, what a wonderful facility this is and is part of the uh, ownership of anyone who buys a lot down at Hokalea and the, the people that have built their homes. It's becoming a very wonderful little community that's contributed much in financial and cultural and, and spiritual ways. Um, I think we've all learned a lot as Hokalea has gone through the challenges as a community of how to handle some of the things that are bound to come up again as our sweet little island just keeps growing, you know. And uh, Catherine, great to get a chance to, to spend some time with you. And some last comments to our listeners? Yes. Uh, actually, I do. UVA and UVB. So let's talk about that for a hot second. Sure. UVA stands for aging. UVB, burning. Always remember that. And on a cloudy day... Uh, think about the UVA, it's a longer wavelength. So even though it's cloudy, make sure you're wearing your sunscreen because those wavelengths get through those clouds and they get you. And those are the the aging uh, rays. So there you go. Yeah, and I think Catherine knows what she's talking about. Her company is called uh, Be Smooth. She's a Aesthetician? Is that how you say it? Aesthetician. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I've been utilizing more often because of all the damage as a young kid in the sun, and not just as a young kid, but older. Joe, some last thoughts to our listeners about anything. Waimea Film Festival, the Game of Golf, the Club at Hokalea, our Big Island community. Emily, I'd, I'd love to see um, uh, a lot of folks turn out um, and come check out the Waimea Ocean Film Festival. Uh, as you said, the uh, the website will have the program up here in the next, uh, hopefully the next week or two. There'll be a, a, a better idea of the schedule, but starting January 1st uh, in Waimea and then coming down for the 5th through the 9th at the Four Seasons Hualalai, we would love to have uh, a lot more community participation um, and uh, uh, enjoyment of, of this great, great uh, event every year. And, uh, and, and our thanks to uh, Tanya Howard for putting the whole thing together and spending countless hours, selfless hours uh, uh, for the, the Film Festival and Foundation. And one last thought again, uh, Kaleo Kuuli'i, uh, who is the cultural historian down here at the Club at Hokalea, is, um, he has cultural tours, and you can call Emily Yessian, 
and uh, get in touch with her at Hokalia and take the cultural tour. And it's it's very, very interesting, but it'll be here for a long time to come. So just put it on your agenda for some time to be come check out the, the um, Hokalia um, Cultural Center, the cultural tour. It's the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com. Great to get a chance to talk to Joe Fagundis and Kate Pettit. And... Uh, Appreciate their friendship. I love Facebook. It really does turn us into friends, doesn't it? I, I love it, you know, because that's kind of how I've been getting to know you, Joe, over a period of time. And, and I appreciate you bringing me out here to play golf. I always enjoy playing Hokalia. And um, we're going to have to do a matchup again with Timo. Let's Timo Drager will get, will get you to. Let's do it again soon. All right, we will. It's the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com. Can you still have battery left?